Bugle, audio newspaper for a visual world. Hello, Buglers, and welcome to Bugle issue 4216, sub-episode I, for I will shortly be leaving Australia and will return to the correct hemisphere to record a full Bugle early next week. This week we have some prime Bugle sub-episode gold for you, including some never previously heard, apart from when we recorded them obviously, offcuts from recent recordings, featuring a couple of newcomers to the Bugle roster, Neil Delamere and James Colley, as well as Nato Green, Tom Ballard and Alice Fraser. We also have an audience Q&A from a Bugle live show, as well as some cricketing chat from the Bugle Ashes Urncast with me and Felicity Ward. Now don't forget two things. One, you can buy tickets to my UK tour now, and I mean now, running from late February to late March, and you can listen to me hosting the new series of the News Quiz via BBC Sounds and other pod sources. And let's start this week with Alice and James Colley and something a bit surprising in the state of Denmark. Um, in uh, other environmental news, um, uh, I mean, this is a story that shows how low humanity is prepared to set its goals. Denmark has pledged, pledged again, pledged, I tell you, uh, to make it all domestic flights fossil fuel free by the year 2030. Now, this might surprise you uh, on the grounds that you probably didn't realise that Denmark, the notoriously not very f***ing big and really quite flat country, has any internal flights... As it is, uh, it's a country best known for its controversial fish-woman laboratory crossbreeding scheme that resulted in an uncontrolled infestation of mermaids around the coastal nation. Um, and it's announced, yeah, so by the end of the decade, no more fossil fuel in its uh, domestic flights. Polar bears across the Arctic have issued a statement welcoming the move by Denmark saying, oh, well, it looks like our home ice caps are going to refreeze over f***ing night if a small country like Denmark that has absolutely no f***ing need for domestic flights is going to make its domestic flights fossil fuel free within just eight f***ing years. Eight years, lest we forget, in which, obviously, no one will need to take a domestic flight because it's f***ing Denmark. Thank you so much, Denmark. What next? Are you going to announce that your beautifully designed sofas are dolphin-friendly? Sorry, are we sounding stroppy? It's just, oh, never mind. P.S. Any chance for some herring? I love your herring. <laughs> I love this story. I, I, I was very impressed by this. Uh, Denmark's prime minister, who I believe is Hamlet's uncle. Anyway, they're, cha- they're claiming that Denmark is leading the world in this respect. And that is an abhorrent lie. Australia is at the forefront of making flights fossil fuel free by not having flights altogether. In fact, when a tennis player accidentally finds their way to Australia, we lock them away until we work out exactly how they got here in the first place. And... There is a good chance that fossil fuel free flight is the first in a raft of highly alliterative environmental policies, which includes <laughs> crucial carbon credit captures, generous grants guaranteeing groundbreaking green growth, <laughs> and controversially capturing coal company CEOs, constructing crosses and crucifying the... Co- well, you get the point. <laughs> you can say it. Chris will just beep you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, in that case, we're going to crucify the... Um, uh, France, uh, Alice, have also been doing their bit uh, for the environment by not burning as many cars on New Year's Eve there's been a 33% uh, slump in the number of cars set on fire uh, in France uh, from New Year 2019 to New Year 2021 of course New Year 2020 didn't happen Um, so uh, I don't know quite how we got into 2021 maybe we should just cancel all New Year's and just just let I think we should just let 2022 stumble on until everything's fixed and 
you know, it would be a, such a shame if 2023 is ruined as well. But anyway, it's a 33% reduction. Emmanuel Macron has now pledged to develop ways for people to ruin other people's cars in a more environmentally friendly manner than vehicular arson, including filling them up with strawberry yogurts, using them as tomato greenhouses and turning them into mobile hedgehog sanctuaries. Uh, but Alice is our um, unnecessarily burning vehicles correspondent. Uh, this must have been very exciting news uh, for you. Yes, Andy, 874 cars only uh, were set alight this New Year's Eve. Uh, that's that's nearly 500 fewer cars than were burnt in 2019. There's a target for zero cars to be burned by 2030, but some say that's a pipe dream. This burning cars <laughs> thing, I didn't know until I read this story, but it's, it's a great French tradition because it helps you make and keep your New Year's resolutions. You know, 31st of December, burn a car. 1st of January, make a resolution to stop being such a c- It's... <laughs> Very easy to keep. But this is not the only thing that France is doing uh, for the environment. They're also banning plastics on fruit and veg. Uh, you know, some people say it's unnecessary to have uh, plastics on fruit and veg. But I, I worry because I, wor- I worry if this includes the little stickers on the apples. Because if it right. does, I don't know how I'm going to be able to identify that it's an apple. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, that's right. You're only getting it for its branding, like all apple products. Um, I... <laughs> I'm going to miss this. This is a, a famous tradition in France who will flambe anything, a dark, a car, Notre Dame. They love setting things on fire. And I have to wonder how much of this change comes from an environmental turn and how is it how we just use cars differently? A lot of these days, people don't own a car to burn. They would rather set fire to an Uber two or three times a week. And so I, I actually did some research on this. I have a statement. I got a statement from someone who was on the scene and they said, and I quote, Unfortunately, that person was a mime. Bloody French. (laughs) Delving back a little further into the recent past, NATO was understandably somewhat confused about British politics. So, and I, I'm I'm watching this from afar, and I don't understand I don't understand your system. Uh, but Jeffrey <laughs> Cox is the yeah. <laughs> Je- Jeffrey Cox isn't the only part of the current corruption inquiry. Is that right? There's other other characters. Uh, it, it, J- Boris Johnson is is auctioning off peerages or something. Uh, is that what's happening? Uh, eBay, basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's whacking him on eBay. <laughs> and then, and but uh, so it it all seems very quaint to me, like this i this idea that there's outrage that politicians should not be above the law and people face consequences for their actions. As an American, what kind of children's fairy tale are you living in, England? <laughs> um, there was a, a quote in one of the articles. Uh, there was somebody who was his name Patterson uh, got uh, got charged. Yeah, um, and- Patterson. This was sort of the start of the whole thing because he. Was, uh, he was charged and found guilty. Johnson tried to change the laws. Uh, then he got, uh, then they, under severe pressure, they then had to do a U-turn on it. And Owen Patterson quit and he said, politics is horrible because I can't cheat. <laughs> <laughs> so my fa- here's my favorite line about it. it uh, regarding Patterson, uh, there's an article I saw. Tory MP Mark Fletcher said, Two years here is more than enough to know the difference between right and wrong. Uh, Two years. I'm going to go out on a limb and say my preference would be, if I may, that a person should know the difference between right and wrong before they run run for office. (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, 
two, two years. I mean, like, what does the campaign look like? Hello, elect me MP, and we will burn down the home for the elderly with them inside, screaming through their stupid dentures. Oh, wait, uh, what's well, that? Well, you weren't actually here in 2019, and I believe that was one of the key Conservative Manifesto pledges. <laughs> and they, to be honest, the way they've handled COVID, they almost followed through on it, really. <laughs> When will politicians get credit for sticking to their promises? <laughs> but they did it without the fire, so it was more environmentally friendly. So, you know, that's... Have you won a Nobel Prize? Don't worry, most people haven't, including me and the people you are about to hear talking about people who have won a Nobel Prize, Tom Ballard and Neil Delamere. Nobel Prize news now, and, uh, well, looking at the world politically and economically, it's quite hard to uh, shake the suspicion that the planet is, uh, broadly, as planets go, uh, f***ing stupid in how it looks after itself. But nonetheless, within that planet, there are some incredibly non-stupid people and things going on, and the Nobel Prizes uh, celebrate these things. Um, there's been some sensational efforts uh, this year. The Chemistry Prize went to uh, Benjamin List and David Macmillan, uh, for their work on asymmetric organocatalysis, um, which I mean, we're all big fans of at, at the Bugle. Uh, I mean, what does um, uh, Neil? I mean, what does asymmetric organocatalysis mean mean to you on a deeply personal level? I would, I prefer it to the symmetric organocatalysis. Right. Yeah. I mean, I really don't like that. Um, yeah. Too regular, isn't it? It's too regular. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you 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 need a bit of spice in your life, don't you? You don't yeah. want to be able to predict the reaction yeah, involving an enzyme. No, you definitely don't want that. That's, no. that's, I mean, I'll go to my grave saying that. Well, to be honest, if you're going to your grave saying anything, then a, a very bad medical mistake has been made. <laughs> um, <laughs> I swear I'm fine. Get in the hole. Get in the hole. What are you, an American Ryder Cup fan? Get in the hole. <laughs> um... Uh, and uh, in, uh, Tom, it appears to be some kind of technique to make um, you know, medical drugs appear out of thin air, as far as I can make out. And because you know, when I read a, an article about some kind of high-level science, I get about three words in and think I've wasted my life. I don't understand. <laughs> um, it's, I mean, it's essentially witchcraft in a lab coat. Um, yes. But it, you know, it, it might be able to cure all known diseases and capture light or something. No, they should be burnt. They should all be burnt. All right, they yeah, should at okay. least burn one of the winners every year to sort of say, you know, come on, people, let's yeah. uh, keep it within the laws of God uh, <laughs> and let's not spit in his face no, and yeah, imagine that we know more about his beautiful creation than he does, you know what I I'm saying? I did not expect you to be going on about the laws of God, Tom, after everything. Well, no, obviously <laughs> they're um, obviously... Yeah. <coughs> what? What am I trying to say? They are... <laughs> See, see, you're tongue-tied now. That's God's judgment, Tom. That is God's <laughs> judgment on your sinful, <laughs> sinful ways. I'll be praised. Sorry. Sorry. I don't know what came over me there. I did, um, I did understand some of it. I didn't right. understand the chemistry one, I'll be honest with you. Yep. I understood the physics one because basically they la laid the foundations of modelling of the Earth's climate so you yes. could reliably look at global warming and it's predictable now because for years there was global warming and we didn't know what caused it. Was it man-made activity? Was it invisible dragons breathing fire into the air at night? We just didn't know and now we know that it's predictable and the chief advantage of us knowing what global warming is going to do is that polar bears can finally get their affairs in order. 
that's the big thing their estate planning used to be an absolute mess they were like oh we've got loads of time and then boom out of nowhere the ice flow is gone and then the state gets half their glacier means in taxes no one's happy with that so now they just look at this model and go oh, better go through the solicitor on tuesday it's much easier for everybody involved we all have clarity it's we all have clarity yeah yeah um, Whenever they have the clear signs on climate change, I'm sure that the rest of humanity will act in a reasonable and rational uh, approach in order to tackle this global problem, work together to um, transition us into a, a clean economy in a, in a you know, simple and easy way that benefits everybody, right? Probably be done by the end of this call, to be honest, I'd yeah. say. Yeah, possibly. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, also nominated for the Physics Prize was a, a revolutionary breakthrough um, uh, of a means of making television shows come true. Uh, as seen with the firing of William Shatner into space, uh, which is you know, all very well in itself, but put it this way, if um, well, Game of Thrones' Amelia Clark has uh, been banned from the reptile house at London Zoo. Um, uh, also <laughs> nominated was the online conspiracy theorist Too True For You for his uh, proof that gravity is a hoax. In uh, chemistry, uh, well, b- back to the chemistry prize, David McMillan said that he uh, felt, on hearing that he'd won the chemistry prize, he felt dazed, confused, elated, proud, sentimental and weepy, which are coincidentally Boris Johnson's nicknames for his senior cabinet ministers. Also, uh, how Neil is feeling on the occasion of his Bugle debut, uh, no doubt, very much like a comedic um, Nobel Prize. Um, uh, another... Uh, another bit of chemistry nominated was a means of turning burgers back into live cows and a scientific formula for on-screen chemistry that could make the average rom-com up to 18% more plausible as long as you can shake the feeling that they're not really in love, they're just famous actors. Uh, in <laughs> medicine and, and physiology, uh, they found a means of making footballers um, take the COVID vaccine <laughs> um, and the discovery of a new form of mullet that can double up as a rudder when using an electric scooter. Uh, but it was won by David Julius and Ardem Pataputian, who essentially found out why it hurts when you kiss a boiled kettle. Um, <laughs> it's uh, uh, <laughs> My granny used to say a boiled kettle would never be kissed. <laughs> <laughs> I have genuinely done that as a child. For some reason, I did kiss a kettle and burnt right. my lips. And yet I was not nominated in any Nobel category this year. Well, you, you should have been, because, um, you know, these things are often shared by people who've you know, done separate complementary research. I'm, I'm happy to tag you on to uh, Julius and Pataputian. We'll chuck Ballard on, on, on the end of that. It was work on... I think that's uh, how it works. I think now we've officially got the Nobel Prize, yeah. I think yeah. Andy's, Andy's word yeah. carries a lot of weight in the Nobel Prize community. Huge amount. Absolutely. Hopefully, I'll follow the path of previous Nobel Prize winner Obama and get a Netflix deal later on. Then that'd be great. (laughs) It was uh, on um, their work was on uh, touch and temperature, and and, uh, it involved using chili peppers, wasabi, and uh, drunkenly competitive late night curries, and um, (laughs) it could lead to new ways of treating pain, which could prove even more effective than rubbing it better. Uh, praying really hard and karaoke yeah he, he found um he found this protein uh pi z01 and it's not in sensory organs it's in organs that like the bladder where pressure sensitivity is important and he won the nobel prize for medicine <laughs> if i were the people who had developed the mrna technology for the covid vaccine i would be <laughs> ringing up the nobel prize committee going i have saved hundreds of millions of lives and you've given the prize to the bladder protein man how many people urinate themselves to death because if the answer is not 100 million i'm coming for the gong you're going to say it was a mistake you're going to write a check to ten a lady and i'm getting the medal that's what's going to happen here 
I think the people who created COVID-19 deserve it more than that bladder guy <laughs> in that lab, you know. That was they a pangolin. The world. <laughs> <laughs> that was a pa- And we're not giving awards to other species. That, that way it crazy lies, Tom. <laughs> My friend, and this is absolutely true, uh, he's a professor. He was the second most cited per- scientist in all of Europe a couple of years ago. And he was a referee for the uh, Nobel Prize for Biology once, right? And they rang him and they went, so, uh, Professor, this is Magnus Jensen from the Nobel Prize Committee. And he went, oh, my God, this is amazing. I'd like to thank <laughs> my family. I'd like to thank the Academy. And uh, the guy went, would you be a referee for the Biological <laughs> Prize? And he was like, maybe start with that. Maybe, hi, I'm fine. I'm the Nobel Prize committee. You haven't won it. Relax. <laughs> I'm he sorry. Said, we're giving it to La La Land. I'm sorry. <laughs> he said it was like someone rang him and said, we're having a brilliant party, right? You can't come, but who would you invite? That's what he said it was like. <laughs> Back in the murky gloamings of 2021, there was a Bugle live show in London at which our audience asked me, Nish and NATO via the big screen some cues and we attempted to provide some A's. Should we do a, do a Q&A? Your enthusiasm for that Q&A right. really betrays someone who has spent a long time engaging with the opinions of the British public. <laughs> <laughs> right, I think for the Q&A we need to sit at, at the... Uh, at oh, the we're, we're at the Congressional board. Hearing Table. Yeah. So Chris is going... Have you got any Has questions? Any hands? I can't actually see anyone at the moment. This. Given how mediocre COP26 has been, is it time to get Zack Snyder in for a gritty reboot of the franchise? I mean, I think NATO and I will take that question, given that Andy is desperately trying to work out if Zack Snyder was the lead in Saved by the Bell. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Andy, Zack Snyder has nothing to do with sport of any kind. Right, I'm out. I'm absolutely out. (laughs) He's got... Thought you'd gone straight on your phone. <laughs> I would say I'm. I would say no on a on a Zack Snyder uh, reboot because of the COP26 because it would make it longer and more tedious, uh, and try to present Ben Affleck as dignified. Um, <laughs> Somehow it would achieve even less. Yeah, uh, uh, it, it it would involve uh, an extended sequence of Gal Gadot wondering if she's actually hot um, <laughs> or not. <laughs> so. Uh, <laughs> I, I would I would I would prefer the Wes Anderson reboot of uh, the cop 26 just something a tight hour and 20 minutes very twee uh, pastel colors the same cast that playing themselves forever well l- fortunately in 10 years we will all be very much living the life aquatic <laughs> yeah um, have we got we got another question yeah there's that. another question Chris has okay, found somebody firstly f- you Chris um, wow, that was, he was, that's the closest I've ever seen anyone get to actually say it to him. And it's somehow way more threatening than it, when it's one person. When it's lots of you, it's like, hey, f*** you, Chris. When it's one person, it's like, f*** you, Chris. Yeah, of <laughs> Andy, how do you feel about the uh, uh, very, very close call uh, VAR decisions on the uh, England T20 semi-final? Oh, well, the uh, the third umpire decisions. Um, I'm going to take this one, everybody. Right, okay. NATO? <laughs> I mean, uh, NATO, what did you think of, you know, England's, you know, death bowling and those crucial overs? Do you think they, you know, they, they left themselves vulnerable to uh, 
to a late uh, late counterattack by by New Zealand's powerful middle order. Yeah, I I thought that they that they should have uh, leaned harder into the offense uh, in the in the in the second line. <laughs> Cricket time now, and here's something from our rogue cricketing offshoot, the Bugle Ashes Urncast, with me and the wonderful Felicity Ward. You've been in Australia for what seems like years now, and I thought yep. while you've been away, I want to know your best ofs, your favourites. So I've got a little questionnaire okay. for you, just oh, off the top of the dome. Love a quiz. Yep. And this is the best part. You can't get okay. it wrong. Unlike the England <laughs> team, you cannot get this wrong. So, Andy, what's been your least disappointing Wi-Fi connection? Oh, the least disappointing Wi-Fi. Because Lord knows right. we've had some shit eaters while we've yes. done this podcast. Yes, that's a tough one. That's yes. uh, that's up there with least disappointing session of cricket of the series. <laughs> um, I think I had a, a, a moderately uh, okay one in uh, in Adelaide, so I think I'll I think I'll go with that. Unusual. Yeah. Unusual. I mean, Adelaide, of course, as everyone knows, uh, there were no convicts in Adelaide. They were just the settlers. They were the good people, apparently. <laughs> That's why the Wi-Fi works. That's why the Wi-Fi works. Yeah. It's just a much more morally upstanding sort of Wi-Fi in Adelaide. Than <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, second question. Yep. Which pillow, hotel pillow, came closest to laying next to your wife? Which one <laughs> emulated the experience of having a cuddle? Right. Uh, I mean, there's no real way that I can answer this question without insulting my wife. Um, <laughs> so I would say, obviously, uh, no pillow can match human perfection, Felicity. A lovely intro. She doesn't listen, Andy. She doesn't listen <laughs> to this. She, no. she stopped listening to you years ago. <laughs> my husband's never listened to this podcast. <laughs> Ever. <laughs> it's our safe space, Felicity. It is our safe space. Okay, so... Obviously, nothing comes close to perfection. Yep. What's been your top pillow? My top pillow? Oh, there were some oddly long ones in one of the hotels. I can't remember This which is one. what I'm talking about. <laughs> which one it was? Sometimes oddly it's nice long. to have a cuddle. Yeah, but I, don't, I haven't actually cuddled. I mean, it feels like an opportunity missed now to snuggle up with a pillow. Yeah, have a little comfort. Yeah. That's what the long pillows are for. Right. We send you to paradise, and you don't even know how to enjoy yourself there. Yes. So why are Australian pillows so long? That's what I want to know. What are they trying to What do you have, like couch cushions at home in your bed? What do you got? <laughs> well, just used to be, you know, the width of a head plus a bit more. So Australia, I'm not expecting people to, people's heads to suddenly expand. Is it because people used to sleep in their hats, so needed a wide enough pillow for the massive Australian hats? No, it's because they saw your hair and thought, we need to accommodate this. Okay. Third question. Yep. Give us your top three moments where you thought, this isn't worth it, while you're out there. <laughs> well, I mean, that's a tricky one because, you know, obviously coming to, to Australia for the Ashes is a genuine childhood dream of mine and you know, working on TMS. So I don't think I ever thought it wasn't worth it. But from a, from a cricketing point of view, I think they were all basically within the first second of play of the series with... Uh, <laughs> Not picking uh, Broad on a pitch made for him, uh, winning the toss and mm. bowling, and then Rory Burns. Almost, I mean, kind of he laid a, a, a set of template that Marnus Labuschagne then, you know, adapted 
to more comic effect <laughs> in the final test of the series. It was almost like a f***ing callback. Well, that's a sick burn, isn't it? <laughs> that is a sick burn. Your top batsman basically lampoons the way you started the series in the fifth test. Just going, that's nothing matters it. now. It would only be if he had, like, a joint hanging out of his mouth while he was doing it going, <laughs> you, Rory. <laughs> And look, Andy, just to wind it up, on a lovely note, what was your favourite city? My favourite city? Well, I've always loved coming to Australia, but I really enjoy being in Hobart, partly because I've not been here before, and it's got a very different vibe, and mm. you, know, you, you spoke about it very fondly last week. Um, and so that's been, that's, that's been, I guess, the, the travel highlight. I've been to the other three cities I've been to um, before, Melbourne, Sydney and, uh, and Adelaide, and obviously it's a strange time to be travelling around Australia, but Hobart's been... Uh, been, been delightful. You had some nice meals there? You had some nice food? I have had some nice food and also some extremely fried food. Um, oh. <laughs> slightly too fried. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we've eaten well. There were oysters in the press box. Uh, oh, which what a treat. I don't think is particularly necessary for a cricket press box, but it was certainly... Uh, it's a lovely touch, though, isn't it? ...by the hacks, yes. I mean, very hard when you're all trying not to f*** each other while you're commentating. <laughs> <laughs> the aphrodisiac Agus, well. don't look me in the eye <laughs> That is all for this week, Buglers Sorry that the recording schedule has been a little bit haywire of late But once I return from my journey around A, Australia And B, the concept of inevitable cricketing failure That is an England tour of Australia We will be back to regular weekly shows Until then... From Hobart, Tasmania, where the devil runs free in angry marsupial form. Goodbye. Hi, it's producer Chris from The Bugle here. Did you know that I have a new series of my podcast, Richie Firth Travel Hacker, out now? It's the show where Richie Firth and I talk about how to make travel better in our very special way. In this series, we discuss Lime Bikes, Teslas, the London Overground, and a whole bunch of other random stuff that possibly involves wheels or tracks or engines of some variety. God, what a hot sell this is. I mean, you, you, you must be so excited. Listen now.